we are told that we are all sons of God through faith and baptized into Christ. The second reading is from Galatians, the third chapter. Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There are neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female. For you are all one in Jesus Christ. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. This is the word of the Lord. It happens only once in seven years that uh, New Year's Day falls on a Sunday. So unless, unless you went to McDonald's for an Egg McMuffin, or unless you went to Walmart for a gallon of milk, this is the first place you've gone in the new year. The first thing you've done. You decided to come to the church. You decided to be embraced in this wonderful church, to be in fellowship with one another. This is a good thing to do. The first thing you did this year was to come to church. New Year's Day, of course, falls on January and, and uh, January is called January, the month of the new year, for a very special reason. Can I have the next slide, please? It's called January. It's named after the Roman god Janus, J-A-N-U-S. And in the Roman religion, Janus was the god of transition. Janus was the god of change. And Janus was represented by someone who looked backwards and forwards. And that's exactly what we do on New Year's Day. We look backwards and we look forwards and right in the middle between those two heads that's the now. We could say that this moment right now is a Janus moment. It's a moment when we look back and when we look forward. For many years, Val and I have used this book for our daily devotions. It's called My Utmost for His Highest, My Best for His Glory. It's written by Oswald Chambers. Anybody know it? It's a wonderful book. We've read it probably for 15 years. And this devotional book speaks to us more than anything else we have, uh, we have ever read. And in the devotion for yesterday, for the 31st, Oswald Chambers wrote a devotional for the new year. It's called Yesterday. But it was not just about yesterday. It's about yesterday and today, and tomorrow. It was a a Janus devotional. And I was so struck by it. 
that I decided to use that outline as the outline for this morning's sermon. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Yesterday. This is a Janus moment. Yesterday. Yesterdays are hard because so many of our yesterdays have some bad memories associated with them. Not that the, all the memories are bad, but some of the stuff that happened as you look back is, is rather painful. There's a wonderful old hymn, and uh, I think it's a Swedish hymn, and the first lines go like this. I look not back. God knows the fruitless efforts, the wasted hours, the sinning, the regret. The hymn says, I don't look back. I am not looking back. And Oswald Chambers, in this, uh, in this devotion, wrote this. Our present enjoyment of God's grace tends to be lessened by the memory of yesterday's sins and blunders. Let me read that again. Our present enjoyment of God's grace tends to be lessened by the memory of yesterday's sins and blunders. Yesterday's sins and blunders. John Greenleaf Whittier wrote these words. Of all the sad words of tongue or pen, the saddest are these. It might have been. To look back can be very, very difficult. Yesterday can be very, very difficult. Lots of people look back on yesterday and they take yesterday's sins and blunders into today. And those sins and blunders and memories become burdens, become like a ball and chain around their minds and influence their lives into the future. We say in the Apostles' Creed, I believe in the forgiveness of sins. I believe in the forgiveness of sins and blunders. I believe in the forgiveness of laziness. I believe in the forgiveness of fear. I believe in the forgiveness of cruelty. I believe in the forgiveness of jealousy. I believe in the forgiveness of all the done stuff I've done in the past. We say that. We believe that. I believe in the forgiveness of sins and blunders. And while God forgives them, oftentimes we don't forgive ourselves. And we take the sins and blunders of yesterday and drag them into the present and then drag them on into the future. As we look back, sometimes we say, how, how could I have done that? How could I have been so stupid? How could I have been so uncaring? How could I have been so unfeeling? How could I have been so insensitive? How could I have been so jealous? A thousand things like that. How could I have been that way? That's not what I am. But it is what we were. I heard a story once about four guys playing golf, and one guy 
was playing exceptionally poorly. So he said to his three playing companions, you know, I play better than this. I just never do. (laughs) I live better than that. But sometimes I don't. And the sins and and blunders of yesterday can poison today and all of our tomorrows. I graduated from college in uh, 1956. And I don't remember much of what I learned in college. But I remember one thing. I remember one thing I learned from Dr. Wolfgang Zucker. Dr. Zucker was my professor of, of, uh, of philosophy. Dr. Zucker came from Berlin after the war. My college took him in, and Dr. Zucker was a wonderful Christian and a wonderful teacher. And I was in a philosophy class one day. I have no idea what the class was about. And Dr. Zucker made this statement. It was like a, it was like a throwaway line. I don't know what it had to do with anything in the, in the lecture. And Dr. Zucker said this, forgiveness of sins means freedom from your past. Wow. Forgiveness of sins means freedom from your past. You can see that I have incorporated that into this morning's sermon title. Did you read the sermon title? Into the future, free from the past. Free from the memories of those sins and blusters, they don't matter anymore. Of course, we have to pay the consequences of our sins and blunders. You don't avoid the consequences. Uh, If a young man throws a brick through or a ball through the front room window, his mom and dad may as well may forgive him, but he's still got to pay for it. And although God forgives our sins and blunders, and we may forgive our sins and blunders, nevertheless, we have to pay the consequences. But we need to set the sins and blunders aside and take up whatever burden we bring from yesterday, the results of our sins, to bear that burden Gladly. And forgiveness doesn't mean that what you did is okay. Forgiveness, God forgiving you or you forgiving you, doesn't mean what happened is okay. It means it, it just doesn't matter. And those sins and blunders are not allowed to poison today and tomorrow. And so that hymn that starts, I look not back. God knows the fruitless efforts, the wasted hours, the sinning, the regret. And then this, I leave them all with him who blots the record and graciously forgives and then forgets. Here's what Oswald Chambers wrote. Our yesterdays hold broken and irreversible things for us. And that's right. 
Our yesterdays hold broken and irretrievable things for us. It is true that we have lost opportunities that will never return. That's true. Lots of opportunities that will never return. But God can transform this destructive anxiety into a constructive thoughtfulness for the future. And then this line. Let the past rest. But let it rest in the sweet embrace of Jesus Christ. I love that. Let the past rest. And let it rest in the sweet embrace of Jesus Christ. Yesterday. Today. What are you going to do today? January 1st. This is the moment. Before long, this today will be replaced by tomorrow. And tomorrow will become the next today. And the question is, what are you going to do today to make this a special day? What are you going to do? I have not answered that for myself, but I'm going to do something to make this day This today, special. For years, I have struggled with being a procrastinator. You know what that is? My mother taught me that word. She said, Dick, you're always always procrastinating. You always put things off. And she was right. My motto was this. Don't put off till tomorrow what you can put off till the day after tomorrow. But what a waste of today if you put stuff off till tomorrow. So what will you do today? A phone call? Write a letter? Shake a hand? Give a hug? Forgive an offense Have a nice meal. Rest. What will you do today to make today special? Because it's almost 10 o'clock. And today, most of today is still like a piece of unmolded clay. What are you going to do with it? Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Tomorrow is a scary place. I've never been there. I have no idea what's coming. You know, Val and I, um, we've been on four cruises. I served as a chaplain on four cruises with the Holland America Line. And the most extensive cruise was the one we took from San Diego to Hawaii, and then on to Tahiti and back. It was 30 days on the ship. And when it was over, there was a part of me that didn't want to leave. Because on that ship, there was no tomorrow. It was all the same. 
It was so secure. All our needs were being met. And you know, some people go from cruise to cruise to cruise because they want to escape the future. It reminds me of the disciples of Jesus who were up on the Mount of Transfiguration with him. And they saw Jesus and Moses and Elijah. And Peter said, let's build three bungalows. One for you, one for Jesus, and one for Elijah, one for Moses. Let's all stay up here and have a good time. Let's not go into the future. But they had to go. They had to go back down into the future, down the mountain. And what was awaiting them there? What was awaiting Jesus at the foot of the mountain were lots of sick people? People who didn't like him? People who didn't need him? And what was waiting for him was the cross. That was in his future. The future is tough, and a lot of folks don't want to go into the future. It's coming. We have to go. In discussing the future, Oswald Chambers directs our attention to a wonderful verse in the 52nd chapter of the book of the prophet Isaiah. The the background of this verse is this. Seventy years before this, Jerusalem had been attacked by the Babylonians, the city had been wiped out, and all of its inhabitants were either killed or taken in exile back to Babylon. And they lived there now for 70 years. And almost everybody who was living in Babylon then had never been in Jerusalem. It was a memory that they had heard from their fathers or grandfathers. And then the Babylonians were overthrown by the Persians. And Cyrus the Persian said that the Jews could go back to Jerusalem. Back to a city they did not know, a city that was in ruins, and they had a tough, tough walk from Babylon, south and west, to Palestine. And, I, and, and Isaiah wrote to encourage them. And here's what he said. Depart. Depart. Go out from there. Touch no unclean thing. Go out from the midst of it, that is, out from Babylon. Purify yourselves. You who carry the vessels of the Lord, they still had some stuff that came from the temple. And then this. You shall not go out in haste. You shall not go out in flight. For the Lord will go before you. And the God of Israel will be your rear guard. The Lord your God will go before you. And the Lord your God will be your rear guard. We go into the future that way. With confidence. Because we know that the Lord will go before us. We don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. And let us go into the future free from the past. Amen. I would like to read now the rest of this hymn that I quoted. It goes like this. 
I look not back. God knows the fruitless efforts, the wasted hours, the sinning, the regrets, and then this, I leave them all to him who blots the record and graciously forgives and then forgets. I look not future. I look not forward. God sees all the future. The road that short or long will lead me home, and he will face with me its every trial and bear for me the burdens that may come. I look not round me, then would fears assail me, so wild the tumult of earth's restless sea. So dark the world, so filled with woe and evil, so vain the hope of comfort and of ease. I look not inward, that would make me wretched, for I have naught on which to stay my trust. Nothing I see save failures and shortcomings and weak endeavors crumbling into dust. But I look up. But I look up into the face of Jesus. For there my heart can rest. My fears are stilled. And there is joy and love and light for darkness and perfect peace and every hope fulfilled. Into the future, free from the past.